0: But it has been so cool, even this afternoon. You know, it's like last night he talked to us about the demonic and getting rid of that. Then he begins to talk to us about holiness and repentance. Then he takes that divine exchange and exchanges it for us. And now we're just like, how much more, God, do you want to do for us tonight? How much more do you want to pour out over us? And he's like, I'm going to drown you. I'm going to saturate you. I'm, I am going to so press you with my presence. Worship was so awesome because, first of all, all my favorite songs. Second of all, all my favorite songs that usher in is the presence of God. And it is truly the presence of God that does this. So last time I was here was in August. We did the prophetic with Jay. I don't remember the name of it, but it was something prophetic. We did something, and it was good. And uh, I left here, and I was like, and I was going to share this in the morning, but let me just share this with you. Jen had given me a word about how our church was going to have to move because we couldn't contain where we were. And I'm like, oh, yes, so good, Pastor Jen. Nothing on our mind about moving. You know, it's just not on our mind. So then, weeks later, our landlord calls us and says, you're going to have to move. And we need to move because we don't have enough room. And so we start looking for a place, looking for a place. We can't find a place anywhere. It's anywhere from 5 to $10 more a square foot because you can't, it's hard to buy property for churches where we live anyhow. So uh, we're looking everywhere. And a lot of places don't want us because we're a church and they can't have a restaurant near us because they serve alcohol and they can't be within 200 yards of a church. So there's all these rules, you know, blah, blah, county rules. But anyhow, so we are looking and looking and looking. And finally, we're just like, whatever, God. Our landlord calls us back and says, I have a space for you. It's one and a half times as, as big as your space. I will convert it for you, and you can keep the same rent that you're paying now. <laughs> so, I mean, Jen gives this word, and we're, I'm like, oh, that's a good word. And we do need more space, but we weren't really thinking about moving, and we celebrated our 10th anniversary last week, and also closed the deal on our new building, that we will be in January 1st. So it's like this speed acceleration of what God is doing. So I left here, and I thought, I, I thought I've thought i got to write a new book. I've got to write a new book. That's all I could think of, was I've got to write a new book. And I am like brewing inside of me this new book. And then one morning I woke up, it was like August 23rd, and I'm like, I'm writing today. And I did not cancel all my meetings, cancel all my appointments. I do business consulting, that type of thing. No, God would wake me up 2.37 in the morning, 3.33 in the morning to write. And I would write till I had to go to work. I still played tennis. I still watched my granddaughter. I still worked. I still traveled. I wrote my book in three weeks. It was just a download from God. My editor said, I don't know if we're going to be able to get this done. Got that done two weeks. It went live on Amazon this past Monday. I brought a few with me. I don't have a ton of them. It's called The New Moves of God, but it's really talking about what god is doing in the upcoming season and helping us prepare for what he's doing and that's what i'm gonna talk a little bit tonight because what he's doing is he's transitioning us from where we are to where he wants us to be and with that transition is going to come new assignments and it's going to come new anointings so tonight we're going to talk about being uh ready for the transition. How many feel like they're in transition? They're not solid on what the next step is. Most everybody. I know I've felt that way too. And, you know, when, well, we'll talk about that. Don't get ahead of yourself because I'm so excited. I'm like, God is like bubbling and I'm like bubbling and I'm like, don't talk faster than me, God, because I can't keep up. And it is true. Sometimes he's talking to me and I'm like, I'm going as fast as I can, but you're much faster than me. But uh, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about a spirit infused life that prepares us for the transition that God has for us. And really, we all want to live a spirit infused life. We want to live where we are so one in the spirit that when he breathes, we literally breathe. When he moves, we literally move. The scripture in John 8.55 says that I do what my father does because I know him. I didn't give you that scripture. I just, but everybody's looking forward. But it's because we know him so well that we just do what he does. I've been married for 43 years. I'm going to tell you right now, I know my husband. I know him well. I, I know when he's going to get up. I know when he's going to go to bed. I know what he's going to eat for lunch because he would eat the same thing every day. We just talked about this as wives. We're like, they can eat the same thing every day. How do they do that? He's like, when you go out of town, you know what I eat? Hot dogs. Because I never get hot dogs when you're home. I'm like, yeah, no, never, 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 <laughs> never. I asked him last night. I said, what'd you have for dinner? I said, the last set of hot dogs. I'm like, but, you know, that's okay. That's okay. There's freedom in our house, kind of. <laughs> is that when I'm home Then there's not? <laughs> but, you know, when you think about it, that's the way God wants us to know him. It's just like we know what he's going to eat for dinner. We we know how he's going to move us because we're so one with him that there is nothing else. So, um, yeah, like I said, the I wrote my book in three weeks. I still traveled. I still played tennis. I still worked. I still watched my granddaughter. And God would tell me when to get up. I never set my alarm. He would tell me when to go to bed. I'd be doing something. He'd be like, you need to get ready for bed now. I'm like, yes, okay. I wash my face, go jump in bed. I told my husband, gotta go to bed. He says, it's like 7.30. I'm like, well, God said go to bed, so I gotta go to bed right now. (laughs) Hurry, fall asleep. (laughs) But it was, it was so weird. And I asked God, I said, are you teaching me something that is sustainable or is it just for this season? And he said, I am moving my people into a sustainable relationship that is so one with me that they know exactly what to do, when to do it. And it doesn't make us a robot. It makes us one. The word of God says in John 17, and I think I did give you this, uh, John 17. Oh, God, you're so good to us, right? Right. He's so good to us. John 17, 20, he's talking to the Father. Jesus is talking to the Father, and he says, Father, I do not pray for these alone, his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. We are those. I am the those. You are the those that will believe in him through the word. That they may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That they are also may be one in us. So there is the word that is active and alive. I think Jamie read that earlier in Hebrews 4, 12, active and alive. So the word is that Jesus and the Father are one and that we who are born-again believers are one with him. So when the Father sees Jesus, he sees us in Christ. He sees each one of us individually. He sees that we are one with the Son, just like he is one with the Son. And that he loves us, the word goes on to say, just as he loves Jesus. So we are loved with the Father's love the same way Jesus was loved with the Father's love. And we are one with him the same way Jesus was one with him. And what did Jesus say? I only do what I see my Father doing. And that is the season that God is moving us into, where there is such oneness that we can only do what the Father is doing. We can only see what the Father sees. We can only take a step as the Father directs. And it's a a step of protection. It's a step of purpose. And it's a step of promise. All three of those things. Because we are so one in Christ. So um, I tell you, I saw some people running. If that doesn't make you get up and run, that the Father who created everything on earth is one with us, not, in a, not only in a corporate manner, but one. I'm one with you. I'm one with you. One with you. One with you. One with you. Each one of us is the same oneness that he had with Jesus. Jesus. That's going to make somebody yell. Come on. It's not too late now. We got another at least 45 minutes. Come on. We, we got to get up, move around if we need to, jump up and down. But I'm telling you, this message is going to impart and activate something that you've been looking for because God wants to release it over you. And he said, I ain't leaving until they get it. So we can either be here till 9 or we can be here till 1 in the morning. It's up to you. You choose i'm here, I'm here till tomorrow night, so I've got all night Jen's got a, Jen's got a, a revival meeting. she's going to baptize. Think of this. Four thousand people at three o'clock this morning. This is your pastor. Now think about this. she is one with the Father. she is getting up at two fifty five. <laughs> Come on, let's not get let's get real about this, but so she can. Go through the process of baptism of 4,000 people that have been cultivated, that will be uh, uh, integrated into body life, discipled, while she is here, and they are there, but we're still one in the Spirit. There is no space, there's no time. We are one in the Spirit, whether they're in Pakistan or they're here. So think about that. That is what God is transitioning us into. There is a a spiritual realm, and we talked a little bit about it just as a, a, I think we were eating like chili dogs or something. I don't know what we were eating last night. Pizza, pizza. But we were talking about being translated and how God has just, he has opened up the spiritual realm from us to go from one location to the other without having to get in a car, without having to get on a plane. It's this complete spirit-to-spirit realm. And that's what he's bringing us into, where we are so one in the spirit. I've been translating about maybe a half a dozen times. And it's the weirdest, freakiest, most wonderful thing ever. But Because God is trying to prepare our hearts for this great harvest that is it's here. It's not coming. It's already here. For this great harvest so that we aren't worried about whether I have to fly to Milwaukee or not. God will just translate me there. I can be in the spirit here, as real as I am right now, and be at home. God is preparing us for that kind of oneness. He's looking for people that will say yes to that kind of oneness. That they're not going to say, oh, that's too weird for me, God. Don't try that on me. That they're going to say, I'll walk on water, just call my name. Just call me out, God. I'll go to wherever you send me. Just call me out, God. And it may be weird, and it may feel weird. And when you land back into the real world, you're like, that was, that was really weird. But you know what? It was so good, God. It was so good. So we're I want us to talk about transition. And we're going to talk a little bit about Philip. And, you know, Philip was brought along with Stephen, who was eventually martyred. Uh, was brought along to serve the widows and all of that so that the apostles could be set aside and have time with God, right? So that was his job. That was his job. He was serving. He was serving. Then suddenly, he goes from serving to evangelizing. And I just want to read this because I want you, you everybody knows what it's like to serve a table, to clear off the dishes. Just wash them, to put them in the dishwasher, to cook a meal. We know what that looks like. But there was a suddenly that happened with Philip. And that's what God wants to do with us. He wants to move us into the suddenlies, the sudden positions that he has for us. And he wants us to do it without us fighting him too tooth and nail to try to get us there how many times do you feel like you're about to get a promotion you're like oh no I don't deserve that oh no maybe that's for someone else oh no you know I don't know that I'm ready for that if he's moving you then you're ready and the fight against God only delays your purpose and what he has for you because you're so ornery of course I've never been ornery never just talk to my husband he'll say she oh no no she's never Never ornery. But I'm telling you, becoming a pastor was the hardest thing I ever did. I told God, I said, are you kidding me? I even told him, I think I would be rather be a garbage collector than a pastor.
1: I, Jen, she was like,
0: what? I did. Because my experience told me that that was not a job I wanted to do. So in my honoriness, it took a little bit of time for God to twist my arm, actually, for me to surrender And say, whatever you want, God. And God is looking for us to surrender out of our love for him as opposed to our obligation to him. And we can feel that shift of love to surrender in us. There is a shift where you're here because you're hungry. You're here because if God's got something for you tonight, you don't want to miss it. You're here because you know that there is a move of God happening in this house. And when these doors are open, you want to be part of that move of God. I come here because this house is so open and saturated with the presence of God. It is easy. It's like family. When I see you guys, I'm like, I love being here because they're family. I don't have to worry about if the Holy Spirit lays you in the Spirit. I don't have to worry about, oh, are you okay with that? Because you guys are like, what about me, God? What about me? I want that. Lay me out. Come on. Come on. Come on. (laughs) It's true, but though, but I've been in places where someone falls in the Spirit. You're like, you guys okay? They'll be okay. They're not dead. It's okay. So it's easy when you come to a place that is so saturated with the presence that when you walk in, It's our God's here. I don't ever have to think about it. You come through those double doors, and Jesus is like, "Welcome back, Cindy." I'm like, "Glad to be here, God." It's true. So, anyhow, oh my gosh, let's look at Acts eight, chapter uh, verse four. So Philip—I know you guys are laughing, right? So Philip is his move from scraping the tables and serving the meals. It says, "Therefore, those who were scattered." Uh, Saul is threatening all the Christians, went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. So Philip goes from serving the table to the multitudes with one accord. He did the things he spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Are you ready to be the hands of miracles that God has for this season? Are you ready to go from whatever you do now to be able to look at the, your neighbor or the person that you work with and say, God has a healing anointing to be released on your body to get you through whatever you're going through? Yes. Philip went from scraping the tables to releasing miracles. That's a transition, right? God is looking for your yes. I'm ready to be transitioned. Do you guys know who Bishop Garlington is? Uh, He's just this great guy, and uh, he's been pastoring for probably 40 or 50 years, I bet. And I heard him say one time, when one door closes and the other one opens, until you get to that open door, there's hell in the hallway. That transition can feel like hell. It can feel like you don't know where you're going. It feels like you don't have direction. It feels like God has forgotten you. But God is just saying, when I have to close that door and move you on, you need some time to release what's behind you so you can move on to what I have for you. So you can press on for what God has for you. Uh, Oh, yes, God, that is good. You know, I was just thinking, you know how you can see things? I see things, you know, some people feel, some people see, some people hear, but what I kept seeing was, you know, doors are don't butt up to each other. One door doesn't open while the other one closes. There's got to be space. God wants to give us space so we can transition from one thing to the other without us deciding that. He's probably forgotten us. We're probably going to die. It's not going to work. I'll never get to where I want to be. And we know that that's not true because God wants to get you where he has for you. But you got to be a willing vessel and not worry about the space that he's provided for you so that you can move into this new thing. And, And that's what happened to Philip. So here's Philip. And there are people getting healed and they're delivered and they're getting saved and all these things are happening. And... They sent for John and Peter, the big guns, the apostles. But they sent, God sent them because he had to transition Philip out in order for Philip to go to the next thing and not hang on to the signs and wonders and miracles that were happening right before his eyes. Can you imagine God saying, okay, I know you're working on signs and wonders and miracles and everybody's getting saved, but you just need to let that go so I can move you on. I'd be going, but God, this is so much fun, right? But John and Peter, sometimes God sends people in to relieve you of your duties in order for you to move on. And they're not here to take it away from you. They're here to free you so God can move you into the next thing. When people come in to want to help us, sometimes we begin to put walls up around ourselves because we're like, they're trying to take my ministry away. They're trying to take my job. No, no. God's like, I'm trying to get you to let go so I can move you into the next thing. Because if you don't let go, you ain't ever going to get there. Never, never, never. But our problem, we're taught to hang on. We're taught to grip as tight as we can. We're caught. We're, oh, I can't let go of this ministry. It's, it's just so, I just can't. It's my whole life. It's me. That's because what Jamie Lynn said. Our ministry has become our idol instead of God being our director. God is our partner. Sometimes there are jobs that we love. When God called me to quit my job and start my own business, I loved my job. I was a boss, had 125 employees. I played golf with my customers, flew around the country. I had an expense account. It was a pretty awesome job. I made good money. God said, I want you to quit that. I was like, I like my job. I really did. I mean, I just loved it. And I quit it and I started my own consulting business, and I spent the next year, five to six hours a day in front of God. And I'd do my consulting stuff like on the side. And God was like, "Isn't this fun?" I'm like, "How does this even work?" My husband's like, "You used to work 67 hours a week, 60 to 70 hours a week." I'm like, I know. And now I work maybe 10. And then the rest of the time I spend worshiping God and picking up my kids from school. I drop them off. I go worship God for five or six hours till I went to pick them up. Then I'd say, hurry, let's get some stuff done before your dad gets home. And he said, what do you do all day? I was like, oh, man, I was slammed. (laughs) I couldn't even tell him for the first few months because I was like, how do you explain to your husband that you've gone from, you know, doing all this stuff to, You're so good. I mean, I just worshiped. I just worshiped. And he would talk to me, and I would write everything down. And I was like, this is amazing. And I can still make money. Because God covers where he moves you. He covers it. You don't have to worry about, God, how am I going to make that up? If you've called me out of that into this, then you've got this covered. You've got this covered. Just like Philip, when he when Jesus said, move on, when the Spirit said, Move on, let go of all this miraculous work that's happening, this harvest that's happening, because I've called Peter and John in. Move on. And what does he do? He goes into a desert. He goes into a dry place. And he's like, now what am I gonna do, God? Where are the people? Where are the signs and wonders? No, there's a little eunuch in a carriage reading Isaiah saying wonder what this means and the Holy Spirit says go so he's gone from a fat juicy spirit moving opportunity to dry to nothing to being by himself looking at a eunuch from Ethiopia in a carriage reading Isaiah and the spirit says you're on you're on and Philip's yes changed Ethiopia forever. As the eunuch went back and told Candace about the encounter with God, as he got baptized, it completely transformed that nation. Are you ready to transform a nation? Are you ready to get up at 3 a.m. and baptize 4,000 people from another nation that you've never met? You'll probably never meet. But all we know is that God has put the Spirit on Pastor Jen to release into Pakistan in order for them to further their ministry without her even being there. What do you do with that? I mean, really? She's like, how does that even work? The first time she told me about it, she's like, yeah, I'm doing this ministry in Pakistan. I'm like, that's awesome. And then it keeps growing, and then the momentum keeps building because she's willing to sacrifice sleep in order to say the yes to God. Philip was willing to sacrifice the juicy ministry in order to move into a nation changing opportunity to a eunuch that would take it back to Ethiopia. We have to realize that transition sometimes is the best thing that could ever happen to us. And even though we see it sometimes, many times, as a punishment. That I'm sure I've done something wrong. I'm sure I've disappointed God. I'm sure I should have never let go of that. Because that's the best thing that ever happened to me. No. If God said let go. If God said move on. Then the best thing that ever happened to you. Is just about to come. It's just about to come your way. And so he goes on. And um, I love it. When Philip was reassigned by God. He gave God. Permission to interrupt him. Have you given God permission to interrupt what you're doing? Have you given God permission to move you out of your job? Move you out of your house? Move you out of your ministry? Have you given him permission? And not that he would do any of this. All he's asking is for your yes. And you're like, well, I don't need to give God permission. Oh, yes, because he is not going to force you into a situation. He will not force you. He's looking for a yes. He's looking for a yes, and I'm always like yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Are you sure, God? Yes, God, yes, God. But He is looking for your permission to interrupt what you're doing and move you into a different position. So Acts eight twenty six. This is all about the Ethiopian, but this is what I want to. Um, uh, I'm actually probably going to skip skip a little of this, but. Um, Let me go to where I want to go to. Uh, Okay, this is where we're going to go. So Philip baptizes the Ethiopian eunuch, right? When he comes out of the water, Philip is no longer there. Now, can you imagine Having an encounter with someone and you turn around, they're gone. Can you imagine being so one with God that he literally picks you up from one place and puts you in another? He moves Philip to Caesarea. Can you imagine what that is like? Can you imagine the impact on the eunuch when he is baptized in water? The spirit is filled in him. And he comes out of that water and his person that was holding him under has disappeared. God is looking for a people that want to move in such uh, with such an invisible line between him and you. He wants this move that he's doing to be seamless. Whereas sometimes you're trying to figure out. God, was that you or was that me? And you're like, oh, wow, you need to know which is God and which is you. Well, sometimes God does this move amongst you that you're still trying to figure out what happened. And you actually initiated the move that God did for you because you stepped into this seamless oneness with him. And it became like an invisible Uh, uh, it's invisible, the difference between you and him. That's what God is looking for, is people that there's no difference between you and him. It says in the word that he is transforming us from glory to glory into his image. He wants us to learn to live from glory to glory. And glory to glory is not like, oh, I had glory today, and then 10 weeks from now, I'm going to maybe have a little glory. Glory to glory is like, okay, I'm glory now. And I'm glory now. And I'm glory now. Oh, God, you are such good. You are so glory. And that's what he wants. He wants us to learn to move like Philip. That when it was time for him to move away from this miracle signs and wonders into a dry place, we don't hear about Philip complaining. We don't hear about Philip saying, God, what did I do to deserve this? We just heard about Philip in that place. Looking for the spirit's next instruction, God wants to give us instruction. He wants to make us so one with Him, so one with Him. We already are in the spirit realm. We know that our spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit, which we are hidden in, in um, we are hidden in Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians says that uh, Jesus was raised from. The dead seated in heavenly places, and we were raised and seated with him. So we already live in the spiritual realm. We live there. But God's teaching us how to be seamless between the spirit and the natural. The spirit and the natural. So when he says that we're going to call things forth as though they are that are not, that's what he's talking about. That we're able to just think, are you able to... I was thinking about... um, uh, Paul and when he encounters the sorcerer and uh, or not 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 Paul Peter he counters the sorcerer and the sorcerer tries to buy the power of the spirit and you know what Paul did he blinded his eyes can you be trusted with that kind of power he blinded his eyes because the government official that was with the sorcerer was being inhibited from accepting Christ because of the sorcerer's presence. Do you have the power to take the sorcerer out? Do you have the courage and the boldness to blind the eyes of the sorcerer in front of you so that the person beside him can get saved and receive Jesus? So this government official, this pro-council could get saved Encounter Jesus and bring that Jesus into a government arena that he had authority over. And I'm not saying that God's going to call you to blind someone's eyes. But God may call you to bind the spirit. God may call you to shut it all down. God may call you to stop whatever demonic forces are happening. We had a church service a couple of weeks ago in my house, in my church. And uh, a demonic spirit came in with someone. And we're in the first part of worship, and I'm like, "Uh, what's going on here? Let me check the weather. Because the weather was not good. It was raining demonic. And I just said, you know what? There's no demonic in my house. So I bind it, and I command it to leave. And if the person needs to go with it, take them. Because my house is protected. My house is a holy house. And if a demonic person got in then they either have to get saved and delivered or they have to go. There is none of this kind Christianity. Don't misunderstand me. If they need to be saved and delivered, but there are people that are sent, assigned to destroy your house. And they show up in flesh. And you've got to be willing to shut that down. Otherwise, it will tear up your whole body. It will tear up your office. It will tear up your family. It will tear up your neighborhood. You got to know your authority. You got to have that breath from God that says, Cindy, the weather in here isn't good. And you said, well, God's presence is here. He can take care of it. Well, he didn't didn't say he was going to take care of it. He said, you're going to take care of it. So you need to get them out in order for me to manifest in the way I want to manifest. And it did. It shut them right down. And they sat in the back all hooded up under their little hoodie, the rest of the service. But they were quiet. They could not interrupt the service. They could not interrupt the worship. They could not interrupt what God is doing. And then they left. So their opportunity was to join in with the presence of God or leave. And it didn't matter to me. They're welcome to get saved and delivered. They're welcome to leave. It doesn't matter to me. Because that's between them and God, not me and them. And that's where we get confused in church. We think it's personal. It's not personal. It's God. And God is looking for us to say, I'm willing. I'm willing to call out what is demonic. I'm willing to be translated from this fat, juicy, wonderful place that I live in into a dry land until you've got that next assignment for me. And I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to seek you. I'm not going to wring my hands. I'm just going to seek you. I'm not going to worry about how I'm going to pay my bills. I'm just going to seek you. Because if you've moved me, you've provided for me. If you've moved me, you've got a plan for me. If you have moved me, then I'm one with you. I'm one with you. I'm not worried about tomorrow because I'm one with you. I'm one with you. Amen? God is fun. Just watch. I'm telling you guys right now. You're going to see some changes because God is looking for you to invite him into every avenue that you live in, every aspect of your life. If you want God to be involved in your life, then you have to invite him to be involved. He will not crash in, he will not overrun you, he will not force himself on you. He's looking to be invited. So invite him into your finances, invite him into your career, invite him into your family, invite him into your marriage, invite him into your neighborhood. Wherever you invite him in, he will manifest himself and he will shift you into a position where you can be a transforming work for him. So I feel like there's some people in here that already know that God is stirring something in them. For the transition into the next thing I feel like there's people in here that already know that and I'm going to ask you guys to stand that you feel like you know, and we're going to pray for we're also pray for those who don't know, but I want you to give God permission to interrupt you. I want you to give God permission to transition you, and I want you to tell God you're sorry if you've been complaining about where you are because he's going to take care of where you are in order to move you to where you should be, right? Does everybody believe that? (laughs) Yeah, that's good. So that's most everybody, almost everybody. Yeah, I figured so. I figured God wouldn't have given me this if it wasn't most everybody. And I feel like some of you, I mean, some of you know that